0: Welcome back to episode 138 of Your Best Year Starts Here. Your best year starts right here. Your
1: best year starts right here. Perhaps the best is this one.
0: And Nigel, I know, I know, I know, I know. As so many times when we do these episodes, you've turned up with a whole bunch of ideas of things you want to talk about. So where do you want to start?
1: It's always interesting because you know we do our interviews and podcasts. In case anybody is hearing this for the first time, in blocks of three, four, five, sometimes one, depending on who, who's forgotten, who's remembered, and where we're apt to. So. Before we start, I normally have a couple of ideas, and then something normally during the week has happened, or if we do it on a Monday, something magical has happened over the weekend. And, you know, we had, from some of the last podcasts and some of the comments that came out, we had about the French Open with Naomi Osaka, and there was the controversy about what the rules were. Yeah. Now we've moved on to Wimbledon, which is one of my favourite ever tournaments, because it's on grass. I've played lots of tennis on grass. And I was watching, I've watched more tennis at this time than I've ever watched. And some of it's because I'm at home in the afternoons and it goes on because of some of the covered courts till quite late at night. But I've also watched, and this is going to sound very, very controversial, a lot more of the women's matches because their game has been upped so much. Because you you won't know this because you don't really appreciate tennis, but the grass at Wimbledon is slightly harder, so it's not as slippery, so there's a lot more bounce, so you have a lot more rallies from the back of the court. So it used to be all massive serve and a volley. Now there's much longer rallies. But I was watching the Andy Murray match yesterday. Now, it's interesting that normally Andy Murray, who's our number one English player, isn't even the number three number English player. So there's these other people that I have even heard so of. So I'm going
0: and to interrupt you, British player, because he's actually Scottish, not English. Okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs>
1: British players, because we've got uh, Dan Evans and we've got Corey, and I've just forgotten his surname, but it will come to me in a minute, who just won. And then you've got Andy Murray and, and someone else is playing. But what's really interesting, he was playing last night. So that was Wednesday, the 30th of June, depending on how, when this comes out. Yep. And he won the first set quite easily. And he was playing a qualifier. And when you qualify for Women, it means you've played probably three or four matches. On grass before, and then this was the second round. So now this is his sixth match. Andy Murray, who you may or may not know, has been injured for the last two and a half years. Has played virtually four matches over two years. So he comes onto court. First set's quite easy for him, and the second set is not great. He loses. The third set he loses, and then it's two all in the fourth set. And because it's like, like now like quarter to nine, they they have to stop. And they closed the roof. At that point in my mind, and you heard me talk about coaching and commentator, I went into commentator in my mind, you know, this is going to be awful because, you know, his hips are hurting, he's injured, he's 31, he's not getting any younger. He really should be giving up at this point. And all of a sudden, he recovered in the fourth set to win. And this is what's going to be interesting for you and for anyone who's listening who appreciates sport the person who normally wins the fourth set, because men's tennis has five sets, women's still only has three, but the man who wins the fourth set traditionally wins the match. Okay. At the French Open, Djokovic was two sets down against his most phenomenal Greek player. He wins the next two sets and then kills the fifth set. Okay. This Greek player then comes to win one and loses in the first round which is kind of interesting. But the energy gets recreated by continually winning and you've got yourself back into the match. So you and I now have to start thinking, what's the psychology behind that? And you know that when we're tired and things aren't going our way, we often let our guard slip. What well, they realised, the professional and the top five players, that if you're really in the room, or in this case, on the court, and you're focused on every point, and you gradually wear your opponent down, you then have the upper hand if you win that fourth set, because it's a decider fifth. So you've now got energy, and all of a sudden, you're no longer tired. Now, you and I were speaking about this before, because we had the English football match, against England versus Germany. And we already know from history, since 1966, it's been horrific. And then there's all the penalty talk. And I was watching some of the match until about minute 65, because then I was in a conference call, which is a bit annoying. But at minute 65, you could nearly hear the commenters going, this isn't going well, the players are tired, they're worried it's going to be a penalty shootout, and that we know that other than once, they've lost every penalty shootout. Since like 1970, they did do the Columbia one a couple of years ago. But all of a sudden, in the 70s, the 72nd minute, they, want, they, they scored a goal. Yep. The uplift of all the players was amazing. Uh, the, the English guy who scored had a slight slip, and you saw him praying that the, the, English, the German guy didn't score. But from the second they scored that goal, all these players that have played a very long season – who've played three matches, and they've been a bit lucky because they were at Wembley, and this match was also Wembley, who were knackered and tired, and that was the excuse, pardon my language. But all of a sudden, they lifted their game. Yep. So the question is for all of us, when we're feeling down, could we get a small win? So I used to teach this in sales, that if you're having a bad day, Ring up one of your existing customers and sell three pencils if you're in (laughs) stationery. Sell, you know, a book for $9.99. Don't start trying to do the biggest selling off because once you create one bit of sale in any area in your life, your brain goes into dopamine, you create serotonin in your body, and all of a sudden, however tired you've been, you're alive 1%. And if you build up in increments of 1%, all of a sudden now – the fifth or sixth phone call is going to be amazing. But it, what tends to happen is we focus on what's not working and we're tired and then you get a little bit injured or you get a backache or a headache and then we kind of give up. Now, you know, you've got a thing that behind you says, you know, attitude, intake and movement. You can only create movement if you change your attitude and if you intake positivity, you can get movement. You can't go straight into movement and, unless something changes, which is why I was talking about ready, fire, aim. If you spend your time preparing and aiming and waiting, and you and I will talk about wait later on another episode. But if we wait till we feel great to take risks, we'll never do it. Mm -hmm. So the question is for everyone who's listening today, when's the time to lift your game? And it's at any moment, we think there could be a tiny win because that pr- produces momentum.
0: It's interesting. I mean, the point you made about sales, I don't know about you, but for me, I can get excited like when I discover I've sold one book, two books, three, like, you know, Amazon, you look and there's even just a handful of books being sold. That's as, almost as exciting as someone going, I want to book you to speak at an event. It's not as exciting, but it's almost as exciting because it's still it's still a win, right?
1: Yeah, but it's even but on Amazon. It's even better in a way because someone you don't know has gone and is bought something. For,
0: yeah, exactly, and, and unprompted money, and
1: everything else. But, yeah, but you're also earning money when you're sleeping. Yep. So you know, you you wake up. You know, I sometimes wake up at four in the morning. I get my Amazon notifications at three forty two. Sounds a bit weird. I always <laughs> get like three forty two. So my brain, in a way, kind of wakes up at four, and I shouldn't. But when it says you've got an order from amazon and sometimes it's one book or nine yeah uh, last week we had 24 We, but i i got this i get the same kick out of one yep 24 it's the same as when a speaking bureau rings me out to ask about my availability they haven't booked me i'm on someone's radar and i now know that my next phone call will have more energy my next podcast will have more energy So you have to start thinking, where can you create some wins that wouldn't normally be there? Because imagine all of us, you and I on this, you know, from COVID March 2020, when our diaries literally got destroyed. Yep. Are we supposed to wait till next month? I mean, for some of us, that'd be nearly two years. I know I'm not going to get that many physical bookings for the rest of this year. but But in the time when it was March last year, we thought it might be till the summer. The summer went to winter. Winter's now moved to May, and now we're July the first. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna happen till January the first. But what you've got to do is to get that movement and to get consistency is to change some of our internal conversation, change the way we look at things, to give us a chance of success and tiny successes equal massive opportunities
0: i think it's the wins you can make for yourself as well isn't it it's the you know i mean if you think about we talked a little bit about like the 75 hard thing on some of these episodes and whatever you know that really is a checklist of wins that's what it really is it's like i'm going to do these six seven habits every single day for you know two and a half months and every day that i do it that's another win And each of those things, when you kind of tick it off, you know, there's an app for it. And you go into the app and you tick the little box to say, I've done that thing. It's a little win that gives you the momentum to do the next thing. And I think sometimes it's not even so much that we've got to do anything different. It's that we've got to pay attention to what we do. It's that we've got to track what we do and actually just take time to pause and appreciate what we've achieved already. You know, I was talking about this a little bit um, on the weekend. I I did my first in-person speaking gig for 15 months. Um, I actually spoke three times, and I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that a bit more in some of the other episodes. But, um, you know, one of the things that I was talking about there was, you know, that importance of when you have a success, do you take enough time to appreciate it? Or do you do what 99% of people do, which is, well, actually, is two things people do. You know, the, the The one that most people think they do is they go, what's next? that's what everybody does but actually what a hell of a lot of people do is find fault in what they've just done and then go what's next so rather than celebrate the win they they pull it apart and go oh but i could have done this bit better okay now on to the next thing rather than stopping and going, do you know what? I just had this huge success and it might not be exactly what I'd anticipated or exactly what I'd planned, but it's still a huge success there. There's still a, you know, some some great big wins from this particular project. And I mean, the event I was speaking at was around property investment. And, you know, there's plenty of people there who, you know, they complete a project and maybe they didn't make quite as much money out of it as they thought they would, or maybe they overran on budgets or times or, or whatever. And they will pick up on those faults rather than going, actually, i got this project done. You know, actually, I've just provided housing to however many additional people or you know rather than looking at the positive of what they've achieved they'll pull it apart and then they will go okay now what's the next project and it's for me it's like even if all you do is take an evening or an hour or 15 minutes or you know 45 seconds how can you pause and appreciate that little win and use that to give you the momentum
1: so we used to talk about the cycle of completion because we used to think the cycle of completion is when we did the job what we then want to do is to look at the job And if I've given you a job to do, I need to make sure I've acknowledged you for completing the job instead of just going, well, well done. But we need to go one stage further. And we need to recognise that when we've completed a task, do we recognise ourselves? So I think in the next episode, when we start talking about how we look after ourselves and how we maintain our own self-esteem, we can go one stage further. But for everyone who's listening to this, just remember... When you're tired, you've probably got another 5% in your tank. Yeah, It's no different to when you're driving your car and your car says you're empty. There's always a few miles left, as I find out. Most people can't live their lives that way. They have to go straight to a petrol station. There's,
0: there's, like, there's two types of people, Nigel. There's the people who, you know, a quarter of a tank's gone and they're worried that they need to fill the car up. And then there are people like you and I that almost play roulette with the car. You know, it's like, oh, how many how many miles can I squeeze out of this thing, you know?
1: But if you looked realistically over the 20, 30 years you've been driving, I've only ever broken down once and happened to be in Israel because my gauge was wrong. It it said I was full, but I was empty. But since my gauge has always been right, I've now known. But I will see you next week. Loads more to share.
0: Absolutely. Look forward to it. See you soon. How
1: long was that? How long was that? We didn't time it.